But as we open the word today, I want to establish something. We are going to talk over the next 30 days and fill our lives with the goodness of God. There's been enough bad news. So I want to pray before I begin that God, whatever you brought in here this morning, that the Lord will relieve that burden that you've been carrying. Mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever it is, the Lord will relieve it. So let's pray. Lord, God, everything that we do as we open the word, Lord, that you would begin to relieve the burden of your people. Relieve the affliction of your people. God, restore faith. Restore hope. Restore joy. God, and do it in the name of Jesus through the power of your preached word. God, fill me as I preach it. God, because it is only through your Holy Spirit that it can be, it can be accomplished. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, as I was getting ready to preach this series, you know, I just got tired of the bad news. I got tired of hearing it. I got tired of, 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 of looking at it, of seeing it, and, 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 I, you know, and you know what I've been preparing you for. I've been telling y'all for two months, the closer we get to the election, the worse the news is going to get, the worse it's going to get. And, and I don't want to, you know, I'm not prophetic, I'm just know that some, a lot of people are pathetic, you know, it's just going to get bad, you know, it's, you know, it's, everything's going to be bad, 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 you know, it's, and so, you know, because good news is not good business for the news business, it, the bad news is what sells, bad news is what gets our, uh, you know, gets our motor going, bad news is what gets us talking, man, we want to talk about some bad news, it's bad, it's real bad, it's so bad. And the worse we can say it like that, the more people go, really? What is so bad? We draw it in, and they do it. They know us. And they've even got a word for us now. Did you know that there is a new word for what people do online? They call it doom scrolling. That we just scroll for the bad news. Okay, good news, good news, ah, good news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And we're looking for it. We open up our, our, our phones. We, we open up the internet. Whatever we do, we get our news. We are actually looking. We go and we look. Where is the worst news? We all do it. And it's easy for all of us to get sucked into the latest news cycle, which lasts about 37 seconds now. And whatever the latest news is happens, we're about, President Trump, bad. So tomorrow it'll be bad. 30 minutes later, you won't even remember how bad it was 30 minutes ago. Because why? They have to keep telling us how bad things are to keep us engaged with the 24-hour news cycle. And so the next four weeks, we're going to talk about good news. We're going to talk about the goodness of God in some way, shape or fashion, and if I have to say the same things every week, I'm going to do it because we are going to focus on the goodness of God. We have 30 days before this election. It's going to get much worse and darker and more brooding, and the world is going to fall apart. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to the world. I don't know. They say, some are talking about civil war, and some are talking about this. And some. I tell you, I am a part of God's church. I belong to him, and I don't know what the world's going to do, but I got good news because of him. So the next four weeks, we're going to look at who we are, 
as the children of God, how we live in the goodness of God, how do we establish ourselves in it, how do we understand it, how do we just live in that mindset that breaks us out of the world's news cycle. You know, Jesus had to do this for his disciples. He had to tell them, bad news is coming, but here's the good news. He went ahead and prepared them because he knew something about them. He, he wanted to give them the bad news in John chapter 16. In John chapter 16, he is going to die. Jesus is going to die. He knows it, but his disciples don't. And so he wants to prepare them. And he tells them some bad stuff. I'm leaving, and you're going to get persecuted. It's going to be bad. It's going to be difficult. He goes through and he tells them, but he tells them, hey, you're going to get a new gift, this, this, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and all these leading up to this moment that he tells them this. But in John chapter 16, verse 33, he told them, he said, I was preparing you. He said, I told you these things so that in me, I want everybody to say, in me, so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, the battle will often be in your mind before it ever comes to your flesh. It's the battle for your mind that Satan is trying to destroy. It's the battle for our hearts and our minds that's trying to take us out. So Jesus, knowing us humans, knowing us uh, and our abilities and, our, and the things that we're capable of and our weaknesses, he goes ahead and lets us know, hey, I'm going to tell you, and I'm telling you now, over the next 30 days, it's going to be bad. It's going to sound bad. So go ahead, prepare yourself, but don't let your heart be troubled. Get your mind right to guard your heart. Get your mind right to guard your spirit. Get your mind right and take it up in him. Now, I love what Jesus did. Jesus told them this, and he hadn't even died yet. He's like, hey, guys, keep the car running. I'll be right back. I've already won, and I've not even started. I've not even gone through the difficult time that I have told you about. You've not already gone through the difficult time I just told you about. But I have already won. I have already overcome. And because of that, he knew his disciples could have hope, believing the good news that he had promised them was going to come to pass because he had already defeated the powers of darkness. He knew it. He knew what was going to happen. When he died, he knew there was going to be those questions. What happened to our Lord? Wasn't he supposed to set up his kingdom here? Wasn't uh, he going to destroy Rome? Why does everybody hate us so much? Why are people trying to kill us just because he knew him? And he's established that. He went ahead and let them know ahead of time something's bad about to happen, but there's a whole lot of good. And I'm not trying to, this morning and through this series, I'm not trying to make us some people that just walk around like space cadets who don't see anything bad, but we need to be people who know where our source is. 
He told them, in me. In me. I have told you things, these things so that in me you may have peace. You see, what he was trying to do was not cause them to worry. He didn't want them to worry because he knew what worry did. He knew what worry did. And if he says, so that in me you will have peace, he knew that worry would rob them of peace. You know, I'm, you know, I mess with all my conspiracy theory people here. You know I do it. Because I say it all the time, conspiracy theories are peace stealers. You can get all wrapped up in them and you will lose every bit of your peace worrying about what government agency is attacking what other government agency to do whatever to whoever. And I know it all because I've seen it all on the Internet. Y'all know I like to mess with y'all. But we worry about things we cannot control. We worry as though somehow us putting some posts on social media about the CIA and the Secret Service is going to fix it all. It's not. So you got to fix this. This Throughout these next 30 days, I want you to guard the real estate. That's why I tell people stay off alcohol, stay off drugs, stay off everything that would touch this mind. Keep your mind clean. Keep your mind pure. Keep it out of the gutter of what's on TV. Keep it out of the news cycle. Defend the real estate because you own this and God owns this and God wants complete control of what goes on between our ears. And he knows that worry robs us of that. Worry will take away your peace. And you are promised. Now listen, we, are, we give our peace away. It is not taken away from us. My peace is in Christ, and I freely give it up when I worry. And when we do that, when I give away my peace, I give away my joy. Look what he said in just a few verses earlier in John 16, 22. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. You give your joy up, nobody can take it away from you. There is nobody that can rob you of your Christian joy when you keep God's peace in your life and you keep the understanding of who you are, you give it up. When you get, when you get offended and you get hurt and you get angry and you get bitter, you give up your joy. When you start to worry, you give it up. But if we will keep our minds in him, we will keep our focus in him, we will keep our peace and we will keep our joy and no matter what goes on outside here, we will not lose it because he knew what worry would do to them worry would make them afraid you see when you start losing your peace you start losing your joy the next thing you're going to start doing is losing your courage you're going to become scared that's why he said I'm giving you peace stay in me but take heart means have courage 
over. I have already overcome the world. I've already won. I've already been victorious. And when we give up our, our peace, when we give up our joy, we start to get scared. Because you know when you look at your bills and you look at whatever you're going through in life, the bad reports are coming in, the bad news is coming in. When we see the bad news about our candidate losing or winning, what do we start getting worried? We start losing joy. We start getting caught up in it. We start getting scared. Oh, no. No, what happens if Biden wins? Oh no, what happens if Trump wins? Oh no, Jesus has already won. I am already victorious. There is nothing that a government can do anything to me to take that. They cannot take our joy. We have to give it to them. We have to say, Satan, here it is. I don't want it anymore. I don't want to enjoy it anymore. I have the peace of God. I have the joy of God. I have the courage of Christ himself in me. You see, in Christ, we have everything we need to live. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It's only apart from him that we can do nothing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where does my strength come from in that verse in Philippians? From Christ. So this morning, we're going to get connected to the source. And we're going to learn what it means to be connected to the source. And over these next few weeks, I may say these things. I might say them every single week just so you'll understand just how much God's goodness means to you. And so I want you to understand these three truths about the goodness of God. Three truths about God's goodness. The first one is God is always for me. God is always for you. And I'd like for you, if you wouldn't mind this morning, I'd like for you, if you have a way to write it down or type it in the notes on your phone, just type in those words. God is always for me. If I am connected to him, if he is my savior, he is for me. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That scripture, what it's talking about, and I'm going to show you how, how, how all-encompassing God is in our lives. See, that, that, that verse right there is dealing with the who's in my life. If God is for us, who can be against us? People that you maybe have people in your life this morning that are trying to drag you back to your old way of life. They may be trying to destroy you and get you back doing things. Why aren't you hanging out with us anymore? Why don't you party with us anymore? Why aren't you smoking stuff with us anymore? What happened? Oh, no. Oh, you've gone and become one of those holy rollers. Uh, whatever. You become one of those people. You started going to church? What are you doing? Maybe it's family relationships that are kind of tearing you down all the time and people that are connected to you and your family that, that don't understand why you go to church all the time, that don't understand why you serve in your church and why you love God so much. And maybe they don't understand. You tithe? You give away your money to those, to those money-grubbing preachers? What are you doing? 
You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't have to pray so much. You don't have, why, why are you trying to be all spiritual now? And we have these people in our life, and maybe, it, maybe it's that boss at work or that coworker who's constantly tearing you down. We have the who's in our life. And God tells me that whoever is in my life that is coming against me, that he is for me, and he overcomes in me, and he is a, he is response to these things is who can be against me. If I stay connected to him this morning, if I keep my joy, I keep my peace, I keep my courage, if I stay connected to Christ, he is for me and he overcomes every who in my life. Next thing I want you to understand over these next 30 days, not only is God for you, but he always helps you. God always helps me. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? You see, when God, you believe that God will always help you, you know he's going to take care of the what. Look at the context of this verse. This verse, we say it, the Lord is my helper. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. But in Hebrews 13, uh, the writer of Hebrews puts it in context to the things that we own, the money that we make. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have is the context of never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I can guarantee you if you're like me, in the middle of this COVID crisis, many of you, I've, I've heard you, your businesses were suffering, your jobs were suffering, you were getting laid off, you were worried, you were thinking, God, how am I going to make it? How are we going to get through this? How are we going to survive? But I'm going to tell you this morning that God cares about the what in your life. God cares about every dime. God cares about every hair that you've lost over worrying. God cares about every gray that you've formed through this process. God cares about every time that you heard that bad news at your job that somehow, hey, we don't know if we're going to be able to keep you. We don't know if you're going to be able to make it. We don't know if you're going to survive the cuts that we've got to make. All I can tell you that when God is your source, God's got your what? God's got it taken care of. God's already written the script on how he's going to take care but I just got to stay attached to him that when I have said, God, you've seen every gift I've given. Lord, you've seen every time I've tried to be faithful. And God shows up and shows out with more faithfulness, with more goodness, with more joy, with more of the things we need. From the early days of this church, if you've been with us very long, you know the story of the first year I was here. That first August, the first week of the first August I was here when we had negative $334 in the account. Six years ago, I still remember the negative amount. I remember Gail coming in. She said, Pastor, we need $4,000-something this month. We hadn't seen four, um, this week, this week. We hadn't seen $4,000 in a week since I'd been here, I don't think. And I said, and that, this is where we've got a saying around here. You'll hear it in a lot of our leaders. We will see what the Lord does. That's where that came from. I just pushed it back across the desk to her, and I said, we will see what the Lord does. 
We got $4,000 that week. I was like, oh my goodness. Next week, we needed several thousand more dollars because we used all that thousand to do the thing that we needed to do that week. We needed more. And she comes back in there. She said, we need another big one. And I said, we will see what the Lord does. We pushed it across the table. We got every dime that we needed except for $10 that morning. I looked into my wallet at the end of that service, and there was a $10 bill tucked in there I did not know I had. I said, God, got it taken care of. God's got you this morning. So not only has God got you, he's always for you, he's always helping you, but he's going to equip you. Hebrews chapter 13, 20 and 21, now may the God of peace, you see that peace and that courage and that fear is all wound up together, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Y'all got here early today. <laughs> Supposed to be at 35, not at 25. Y'all 10 minutes early. But we'll go ahead, because I got some good news to share with you this morning. <laughs> this leaves me something to preach about next week. Woo! <laughs> they are awesome. They, they are awesome. They try to be right on time. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, praise God. Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good. For doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. You see, you've got a covenant that you're walking in this morning. You have a blood covenant written in his blood, and you were drawn into that by his spirit. You were welcomed into that through his grace, through his mercy, and then we somehow we get into this thing and we start wondering, oh, how am I going to do all of it? He's the source. He's the starting point, and he is the ending. He is the beginning and the end. And it says right here that that great shepherd, the my Lord Jesus Christ, who through the covenant of his own blood is going to equip me for everything I need that is good to do his will. That sin that's been plaguing you, he is good when you are not. That prayer life you've been wanting, he is good when you are not. That devotional life you've been wanting and searching after, he is good when you are not. That tithing life that you've wanted, he is good when you are not. That sharing of your faith or stepping out into that ministry or doing that thing that you have felt impossible to do, it is not possible with you, but through Christ all things are possible to him who believes. Everything we have is rooted in his grace and mercy. The reason we've even got mercy on the name of this church is just so we won't forget every time we come in here where our goodness comes from. It comes out of the mercy and grace of God. 
Ephesians 2, 4, 5, but because of his great love for us. You hear this theme? Do you hear it? It's all through here. Jesus said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he told his disciples, I'm gonna fix your mind and I'm about to fix your spirit. Take care of this, I'll be right back. And after that, he opened up a way of grace. He opened up a way of mercy so that I can have everything that I need in him. I need forgiveness, it is mine in him. I need healing, it is mine in him. I need deliverance, it is mine in him. I need to know how to do what to do to live for him, it is mine in him because he made a covenant with me through his grace. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ that even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. The grace of God poured out on his people the mercy and kindness of God to us who belong to him we should praise him every day there is no news that is bad news for us what if some other type of government takes over and comes after all of us he's already told us we win you can't kill me I live forever I'm forever. Right now, I am forever. I'm going to live with him for all eternity, and I'm going to be with him because of his richness and mercy, his richness and grace, his goodness to me, his blessings to me. When I didn't know how to pray, he taught me to pray. When I didn't know how to believe, he allowed me to believe. When I didn't know how to do anything with this life, he was good to me. I do not know which way this country's gonna go, but I know where Jesus is already gone. He went to hell in the grave and he took the keys. He took the keys. Oh man, didn't you see? He took the keys to your freedom today. Be free. You say, I, I've been fighting with this sin so long, this thing that's been plaguing me. Just say, Lord, I accept the covenant that you made with me, that you would equip me for everything good. Lord, there's people who are coming against me. He is greater than you, than the one that's in the world. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills next week. Lord, I need the source. I need the source that cares about the birds and the flowers and all those things. Lord, let me walk in the source today. And every time this week that you start to doom scroll, I'm going to pray a little bit of conviction comes into your life. And you're going to open up the word, and you're going to say, now it's time for some good news. I am free. I am delivered. God is for me. God is not against me. God is my helper in times of trouble. God is my equipper. You say, well, you're doing the power of positive thinking. That's just faith. That's faith. That's not positive thinking. That's just faith. He equips me. He heals me. He helps me. He delivers me. And I could keep talking about this all day. And if I don't stop, I will. I told him we were praying in here on Wednesday night during our prayer time, which we will keep going. In the middle of the connect groups, we're going to keep on praying. So if you don't have a group you're in, come pray with me. I'm believing for revival. I'm believing for good news to sweep from coast to coast that Jesus died, he rose again, and you don't have to go to hell because you can go to hell because he rose again. I mean, go to heaven because he rose again. You can be raised to new life this morning.
you don't have to go to hell. Jesus overcame so you could be more than a conqueror. You've already won. You just have to learn how to say, Lord, I receive it. God, I want to live in it. God, over every person in this church this morning who struggled with their faith through this COVID, Lord, there's been some bad things happen. Lord, it's, it, it's touched the highest parts of our government to the lowest parts of our nation. Lord, those that feel, Lord, like they are just cast aside. It's all of us, Lord. And so, God, my prayer is begin the turn to turn our hearts back towards you, to turn our minds back towards you. And, God, I know that for that to happen, it's got to start in the church. Come on, come on, get that bad news out of your mind right now. He's got you. He loves you. He's going to equip you. He's going to heal you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to set you free, not because of your own goodness, but because of how much he loves you. Sure, I love you. God, come on, somebody's getting set free right now. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. If you need to stand and worship, go ahead and stand and worship him. Get free. Get free from it. Get free from it. Come on. Come on, all over this place, all over this place, just begin to say, Lord, I am free, I am healed, I am delivered in you. Lord, you are my source. I, you are my source of strength. You are my source of hope. You are my source of deliverance. Lord, we come to the source this morning. We come to the source. Lord, let us drink from the fountain. Let us drink from the fountain of good news. Let us drink from the fountain of all that you are. Let us drink from that heavenly goodness. Lord, that you said you were with us, that you would help us, that you would equip us. Lord, because you've already delivered us because of your grace and mercy and brought us in to the family of God. Now, this morning, you may be here and you may be far from God. I can't call you up here because of that crazy disease that's running around. But all you have to do is pray this prayer. You can pray the prayer, whatever is in your heart, to ask the Lord to forgive you. But if you don't know what to pray, I want you to pray something with me. Maybe you're watching online this morning, and you've been battling in your heart. I don't, I don't know the goodness of God. I don't even know if I'm saved. I want to be, give my heart and life to Jesus. In this place this morning, you can get it right. And one thing that I ask that you do is if you pray this and you believe this, we will not embarrass you. But you need to begin to know how to grow in Christ. If you're watching online and you pray this prayer, you need to know how to grow in Christ. We would love for you in, in here to fill out one of those connect cards that says, I became a follower of Jesus today right there at the bottom. It's going to be me that gets in touch with you. I'd love just to help you grow in the Lord. Maybe you're on, watching online, message us. Go to our website. Go to Facebook. You, you can find us there and log in and, and send us a message and say, hey, I became a follower of Jesus today. We want to pray with you. We feel like it's very important. Because what the Word tells us is that if we believe in our heart that Christ died on the cross and that He rose again and that he, he, we confess Him as Lord, that we would be...